Welcome to the Airline Pilot Podcast, a production of the Airline Pilots Association. I'm Jason Ambrosi. Today we're going to go into a deep dive on attempts to reduce the number of pilots on the flight deck with some of ALPA's resident experts. Today I'm here with Captain John Slaus of Alaska Airlines, who is our International Affairs Coordinator, as well as Captain Bill Secord from FedEx Express, the Reduced Crew Operations Committee Chair. Before we get started, let's cover a little background. The reason reducing the crew complement on our flights is such a threat is because at least two pilots on the flight deck at all times is the foundation that safety on commercial aircraft is built upon. Two, let's say at least two, well-rested and highly trained pilots are the key to appropriately responding to and remedying emergency situations when they happen. But there's a growing trend among OEMs and other special interests experimenting with the ways to remove pilots from the flight deck. That's why we at ALPA uh, organized our Reduced Crew Operations, or RCO, committee. Automation is an important tool for pilots, not a replacement. ALPA does believe in automation and technology. But no matter what some airline CEOs, airplane manufacturers, or others want you to believe, automation is designed as a tool for pilots during flight operations and can add another layer of aircraft resiliency. However, even the most sophisticated automation and technology can and will fail. We know that every day and night, pilots work together on the flight deck to monitor the aircraft and respond to problems when they arise. Pilots depend on each other during high workload periods that can happen without warning. The additional sets of eyes, ears, and hands on the flight deck as a safeguard in the event of crew incapacitation or other high workload situations like approaches to minimums, go-arounds, diversions, equipment failure, is a vital component of redundancy that cannot be adequately addressed by technology alone. Without at least two sets of eyes and hands, we introduce new and unnecessary risks to all of our flights. With that background, uh, Bill, John, uh, you know, thank you for joining us today. There are a couple ways that manufacturers are talking about taking pilots off the flight deck, like EMCO, SIPO, SPPO. Uh, Bill, can you start by taking us through some of these definitions? Thanks, Jason. Uh, yeah, with some of the definitions, RCO is, is really an all-encompassing uh, term, uh, like aircraft, you know, where aircraft is airplanes, helicopters, airships. RCO is any time there re- there's an attempt to reduce the number of pilots in the cockpit. So really, it's, it's single pilot operations. Um, other than RCO, we have EMCO, which is Extended Minimum Crew Operations. Think of that as uh, long-haul flights without a third pilot. Uh, from there, you get uh, SPO or SIPO, uh, SIPO. It's a European term uh, for single pilot operations. Obviously, that's anytime there's only one pilot in the cockpit. And then there's SPPO, uh, which is a one OEM's term for single pilot where the second pilot is optional. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I don't think any pilot's optional. But I'm going to swing back to EMCO a little bit that, uh, that you mentioned. It's, it sounds innocuous, uh, John, it extended minimum crew operations. And, and they say, uh, you know, two pilots, extended minimum crew. But isn't it really single pilot crews? It's a single pilot operation. Yeah, so EMCO is really you take off with two pilots in the flight deck, you reach your cruise altitude on a long-haul flight, and the concept here has one pilot going into crew rest 
and the other pilot remaining at the controls for an extended period of time, hence extended minimum crew operations. There's one pilot at the flight deck during that period of time. There's a point in the flight where they would switch seats. The pilot from crew rest would come back to the flight deck. The pilot that was sitting there for a few hours would then go under crew rest, and then near top of descent, both pilots would be back at the controls for descent and landing, as the concept is proposed. So certain OEMs are are suggesting that this is an improvement in, in safety and that it is going to be a fix for fatigue on, on long haul uh, to or augmented crew, crew operations. Um, isn't it really just economics? Because right now the system works. Our system here uh, in, in North America, our system of augmented operations uh, works. So isn't it really a, about economics and, and this whole uh, uh, equivalent level of safety things kind of kind of eyewash? Yeah, we've, we've asked the question several times in meetings with the OEMs, what safety problem are you solving? And they always come back to fatigue. And the question then is, is are you adequately staffed in the flight deck to address fatigue? And our position has always been two pilots at the controls at all times, and then a third pilot should be rotating, or an ultra-long flight, so have a fourth pilot rotating through the flight deck to give everybody the opportunity to rest appropriately, but at the same time maintain two pilots at the controls at all times. So their, their position here is we can have less pilots doing the same work because we only really need one pilot at the controls. And to us, that's a significant reduction in safety versus having two pilots at the controls at all times. Look, uh, long term, this could be the biggest safety threat to our, our profession because there are people out there that think this is a great idea. You know, the people that are um, don't have the real world experience like we do out there every day flying airplanes um, I see this as, a, as, a, as an advantage, not just a cost advantage, but somehow they seem to think it's a, a safety advantage. Um, Bill, maybe, maybe expound a little bit on what some of these proposals look like. Yeah, sure. So there are really two... Uh, different projects underway. Uh, one is is EMCO, uh, like we talked about, removing extended minimum crew operations, removing pilots, um, the RFO, the third pilot from the cockpit on long haul flights. So what happens on EMCO, Bill, when when you're up there by yourself and and you need to consider some physiological needs? Do you just uh, just hold it for the next three and a half hours till the other guy uh, or pilot comes up, or, or what do we do? Well, you know, that's that's definitely one option, uh, probably not the best option, but some of the ideas that were thrown out by the OEM was uh, initially you could remove the seat cushion from your duty station and you'd have a toilet right there. Uh, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, keeping it classy. But Obviously, that's not a good option. So they quickly decided that they were going to put a toilet in the cockpit with no door with a comm station there. And so it brings up a lot of, a lot of good questions, right? I mean, let's put a, um, put a scenario out there. You know, it, maybe not EMCO, but um, single pilot ops on a single pilot airliner. And so you have a physio- physiological need to take care of. And while that's occurring, there's a problem. There's a problem with the airplane. Now what? Who? Where does the liability go? Is it is it on the pilot? Well, obviously, we we've been told by the uh, manufacturer that it would never be the pilot. So, which I'm sure we all believe. 
but does the liability go to the operator, to the manufacturer? I mean, so so there, it, it just it raises a, the whole concept raises a lot more questions than it than it answers. So what you're saying is they're potentially going to remove one of our jump seats, put a lav without a wall or a door, and a com panel. So I, I, I believe the sketch was the the pilot would be facing sideways, looking forward at the instrument, monitoring the instruments while they were. Uh, relieving themselves of their physio- physiological needs is that does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds that sounds in the ballpark, and and you know it raises a lot of questions. You know, particularly who's flying the plane? Well, yeah, other than <laughs> don't worry, the technology. That's no got pilot that. ops, right? Yeah, there. that's, that's uh, no pilot ops. That's absolutely no pilot ops. For sure, for sure. Well, I guess the question is why, right? Why is why is this being done? I mean, I think everybody likes. Uh, to be creative and find new ways to move forward with automation and develop new technologies. But there's a point where, you know, the technology is here to assist us to be safer by finding technology to remove people. I mean, all of us know automation will fail. Anybody who has anything electronic knows that at some point in time, it's going to fail. And is it the passenger's desire to be on that airplane, 300 people, and all of a sudden the autopilot doesn't work? Okay, or there's a, a massive systems failure that we all know from our experience and years and years in the simulator trying these events or looking at the catastrophic accidents that have happened over time. There are two pilots up there for a reason or some maybe there's been even more. So I, I think it's important for everybody to realize we're all on board with automation to enhance uh, what we do, our situational awareness, assist us in our day-in, day-out operation. But to then just say, oh, well, this equates ro- removing one of the pilots from the process is just – it's just a silly concept to begin with. I, look, I couldn't agree more. We're often labeled as anti-technology, you know, get off my lawn per se. Well, that's not true. We actually embrace that technology. But we keep hearing buzzwords like equivalent level of safety by adding technology, removing pilot, EMCO. How about we improve the technology, keep the pilot, and have an enhanced level of safety? It just seems like it makes sense. We're, we're, we're in the safest period um, in, in our history right now. Of course, there, you know, there's some near misses and, and so on, have, have, uh, and, and, run, and runway incursions are, are something we're dealing with right now. But it seems like Every time we get to a, a period of, of, of increased safety, the special interests and economic pressures try to try to reduce that. Well, you know, and you have to ask yourself, uh, you mentioned equivalent level of safety. <clears throat> so we're going to fundamentally change the way we operate airplanes in the national airspace system and around the world. And our goal is an equivalent level of safety. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The mindset in aviation has always been to create technology to make the airspace safer. You know, and, and as you mentioned, Alpa's always supported new technology. We've always supported new technology in the cockpit and on the airplane. And the per- the reason we have is because it's always been there to support a fully staffed uh, cockpit of two well-trained, well-rested pilots. I'll piggyback on that a little bit where um, certain parts of the globe that that are interested in something like this potentially don't even have just culture and, and safety and don't have, uh, you know, SMS and and the safety reporting things then and just the regulatory environment where we can partner with our regulator 
and industry to enhance safety, they're, you know, potentially if they speak up about a safety issue, they, they would be terminated and be out of a job. So they're trying to do something for a part of the world that's that that isn't following what are, would be considered norms in safety, and it's going to drag us all down. Uh, what happens in other parts of the world will end up coming here. Some some of our listeners will say, "Hey, why is it a threat here?" Uh, you know, we we have these great regulations that require um, augmented crews. We have regulations that um, have minimum minimum pilots in the in the flight deck. And many of our airlines have language in their collective bargaining agreements that, that require a minimum of two pilots on the flight deck at any one time. So our pilots are saying, why is this a problem here? And, you know, John, I'll throw that to you because we identified this early in, in our administration, and, and that was part of the reason for standing up the International Affairs Committee. Well, the fact of the matter is, is we need to work on a coordinated global uh, level. You brought up the fact that there's different rules and regulations around the world, but we're a we're a piloting profession that needs to work together and share our resources and share our level of safety commitment. We can do that a little more freely than many other parts of the world. And so this is where we have to coordinate that activity. It's something we've partnered with the International Federation of Airline Pilots Associations, which ALPA is a founding member of, where we play an integral role in the functionality uh, and the daily activities of IFALPA, and the ECA, which is the European Cockpit Association. So ALPA and ECA are the two largest portions of uh, IFALPA, and we are more resourced than a lot of other parts of the world. So by coordinating our activities and our efforts to stop this initiative, we can, we can help the other parts of the world that don't have the kind of resources that we do. Uh, again, circling back to the beginning of the year, we, we saw this as a threat for our European brothers and sisters. Um, you know, John, we were, we were led to believe early on that, that our, our, our fellow pilots in Europe actually supported some of these ideas. And I it was pleased to find out that that couldn't be further from the truth. These pilots are 100% against it. And um, it's, it's, you know, can you elaborate on some of the steps that we took right away, starting with our, our first meeting in February? Sure. Um, well, you know, the key to anything is communication and coordination. And, and you know, we reached out to our friends at, at ECA and said, let's make sure we set the record straight. Their approach was, let's be part of this process to see what is really going on rather than being left out of the room. I think all of us have learned for many, many years, uh, engagement with the system that exists is a priority and it works. I mean, ALPA moved from Chicago to D.C. for exactly that reason, to be near government, to be engaged with government and the regulators. This is no different what, he, what uh, the European cockpits did, right? a cockpit association did. They got engaged in the process to learn what was going on and then to share why this is a negative safety issue and how we can help uh, uh, solve these issues together. So that important reach out at the beginning of this year was really important. And then we built on that. We brought in subject matter experts from around the world. We worked with the alliances that uh, represent many pilots, some that aren't ALPA members or ECA members. We wanted to make sure we, we spread out a little bit more, got their knowledge and experience and said, look, we need to come together develop one project on how to deal with this safety threat. And it, it is a safety threat. So, um, John, what are we doing? We talked about uh, how we kicked off in February and then subsequently in March uh, meetings with our international partners, developing a strategy. I'm very proud of the work we've been doing. What, what can you tell our listeners? Sure. So we came out of that meeting in March with a focus on the uh, IFALPA 
conference that occurs annually, and this last year it was in Montreal in May. And our goal was at the Global Pilot Symposium, the day before the IFALPA conference, to unveil our coordinated strategy that is safety starts with two. It's a, it's a uh, campaign that focuses on all of the things that we do as a profession to safeguard our passengers, and it also highlights all of the reasons why we think this is a bad idea. Um, and so we took the day to explain the campaign to the global pilot audience that was in attendance, to unveil that campaign with different sorts of materials, educational or related. Um, we've put together a, a coordinated, coordinated effort around the world uh, in multiple languages for, for the pilots and their, and their own language in their parts of the world, focusing on the ICAO uh, languages to keep it simple. But the goal is, look, safety starts with two. We have our own website. Um, we're coordinating our communication with uh, the different uh, major groups, especially the European Cockpit Association and IFALPA. Um, we're following that up with uh, 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 personal visits to educate uh, follow-up meetings, um, pilot uh, alliance meetings, uh, industry events. Um, so we're going wherever we can to spread the message that the solution is what it has always been, two pilots on the flight deck at all times. We accept the safety that we talked about. We, we like the new technology. But let's st stay focused on safety is a redundancy concept, and pilots are part of that, that system. So safety starts with two. At least two. At least two. Absolutely. Bill, uh, you know, we had a, a lot of smart people there today. Um, what, uh, what can you tell our listeners about, you know, how productive our RCO meeting was today and some takeaways? Yeah, we had a great meeting today, and, and I, I – the committee was set, set up uh, last fall at the 2022 Board of Directors meeting. And when when the BOD set it up, uh, set the committee up, there are certain requirements, uh, certain groups had to be represented. Uh, collective bargaining, flight time, duty time, cargo, legislative affairs. And the reason for that is that I'm not an expert on collective bargaining. I'm not a flight time, duty time expert. And so... This whole reduced cooperations issue it has a lot of tentacles and has a lot of, lot of ways that we might be outflanked, uh, a, lot of, a lot of issues that I might not think of. And so the idea is to bring in as many SMEs as possible uh, and really put some thought behind it of, of where, where we might find issues. For, for instance, collective bargaining. Um, to have the collective bargaining committee chair on our committee, it allows him to bring the knowledge he he learns from our committee back to the uh, negotiating chairs from all the ALPA carriers, so they're aware of the threats. And so while they're deep diving deep into the uh, TA process, they can be on the lookout for uh, different issues that that might come up that could be uh, threats. We're at a different place than our friends in Europe. Right now, they're at the tip of the spear. And we're doing everything we can to support them with uh, information and staff and, and everything that, they, that we can do to help. But we're at a different place. And so we're taking the time to educate our pilots. So when it becomes a, when the, when it becomes a time where we need action from our pilots, they're already educated. They're already aware of the threat and what needs to happen. And so we're spending that time 
educating our pilots now and, and trying to get uh, buy-in from them. Well, uh, John, Bill, I'd like to thank you both for joining me today. Uh, any, any parting comments before we let our listeners back to their Yeah, I'd like to invite everybody to go to our website uh, on this topic, safetystartswith2.com. You can learn more about the initiative as the manufacturers are proposing it, what we're doing to uh, fight it. You can get some social media information there to put on your your LinkedIn or what have you. Uh, There's a lot of information there, and I invite you to share this uh, with your family and friends as well. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Airline Pilot Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. If you enjoyed hearing about how ALPA is fighting back against RCO, share the podcast with your fellow crew members. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, reach out to podcast at alpa.org. To listen and subscribe to the Airline Pilot Podcast, please check us out online at alpa.org or find us on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, this is the Airline Pilot Podcast. Production copyright Alpha 2023, all rights reserved. Thanks and have a safe flight.